Good morning, Darren Knight, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Survive and Drive podcast. Today, we are doing the 2022 Formula One season award show. This is your favorite source for American-based F1 conversation, presented by me, Alex, and my co-host, Tyler. Let's race into it. <laughs> I don't know what that was. It's supposed to be a drum roll, but let's get right into it here. Yeah, so we're going to start with, we have quite a few awards. I've, I've I'm not counting at all, but it looks like like 30 awards, 20 awards. I don't know. Quite a few. I'm going to go through them pretty quickly, but uh, just kind of encapsulates everything. Some of them are more, I wouldn't say serious, but like real awards. And some of them are more just things we wanted to like rant about. Um, so we'll start off clean. We'll start off with probably the most basic where you can get best driver of the season. If we have differing opinions, I guess as a heads up, we will discuss our differing opinions. Um, if we have the same, we'll just quickly touch on it. So best driver of the season there's no thought about this one. Unanimous. A hundred, unanimous choice. The unanimous choice for the Ride and Drive podcast this year. Vote is in, and it is Max Verstappen. It is. Not much to say. We touched on it in our season recap. It's He was on another level compared to everybody. Clearly the best driver this year. It's hard to go anywhere else, really. Yes. Yep. Um, next award we have on this, and I guess, yeah, we'll just, we'll just run right into it. Exceeded Expectations Award. So this is going to go to whoever... Biggest gap. Biggest gap, right? So between the car, the car and the, and the driver, or I think the other argument that we you could make here is just in general what the general media thought of them coming in. They just way outperformed what we thought. Yep. Um, so why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah. So I went with Lando Norris. I think you know really good performance from him. Obviously, when when we started this season, McLaren not looking too hot, and uh, Norris best of the rest, absolutely outperformed the car. Yes, I. I, that's a great pick. It would have been one of my picks as well. Big McLaren guy? Big McLaren guy, yes. Big McLaren guy. Biggest McLaren guy of the year goes to... Goes to Alex Grassi. Alex Grassi. Um, all right. So, for my... I went a little dire- different direction here. This guy had arguably the best car, if not a top two car this season. I went with Sergio Perez. Yeah. And the reasoning is because if you look at last year, and I think what people expect this year is that he was going to play complete second fiddle to Max, was not going to be close to him, was not going to fight for wins, was just going to be kind of that support role. Mm-hmm. He outperformed Max multiple weekends, had a couple wins this year, looked much closer on pace, um, and like we talked about in our season recap, was able to help Max much more up front and be more involved up front and finish on the podium a lot more than last year. So I think as a driver, he way exceeded my expectations, and I think the general public's expectations too. I think that's a great answer as well. All right, so our third award here, best team of the season. I think we had another unanimous award here. This is an easy one for the folks at home. The winner is Red Bull. Yep. Nearly, on track. On track. On track, best best team. Uh, very clearly they were. Basically the most points ever in a Formula 1 season. Just on par every weekend. Felt like they were always going to win. But mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump to the next one. Uh, exceeded expectations. Same kind of, of thing as the driver, but for the team this time. I went with Alpine here. I think they had a really good season. They took a step forward, definitely were able to secure that fourth place finish and really made good improvements throughout the season, which I think... You know, when you think of teams that are going to have great development programs, I don't think Alpine is one that, that you would ping at the beginning of the season, but they uh, really were able to turn it on for the second end of the season and yeah, uh, I think exceeded expectations yeah, for I sure. I think a lot of hope going into next year for them too, a lot of positives. Agreed. Um, for mine, I had Mercedes, which is wild to think. I think if you would have asked me this, if you, this question was based on before the season, before we got out the cars, yeah. they would be disappointed, uh, more disappointing. Very much so. But... I think we we set this as this award as in terms of like once we saw the cars at testing and Post kind testing. of started the season, yep. where were cars at? Far exceed expectations. I thought they were going to be clearly the third place team. George and Lewis would just be fighting for fifth and sixth only, and they'd be 
you know, miles behind those top two teams, but they ended up getting a race win, fighting for podiums all the time, and made their way back up to the front. And I think you could argue one of the greatest beginning of season to end of season progress that a car has made in terms of pace. They really closed that. I mean, it was like seven tenths to start the year, and you could say by the end of the year, it was maybe a tenth or something like that between the cars. So Yeah, almost leading some of the races and some of the projections going in. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you there. All right, so next we have best race of the season. To clarify, we also have best weekend of the season coming. So this is just the race itself, not the whole weekend. I had Silverstone. You had your championship leader have damage during that race, so he was nowhere to be found. You had the Mercedes looking great for the first time all year and fighting at the front. You know, you had the home crowd for Lewis and for George there. You had that great overtake by Lewis, the double overtake. You had signs on pole and signs getting his first win. Just a lot of drama. Red flag. The red flag. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, they mentioned the red flag right at the beginning. That it looked very bad. I, I just think from start to finish, a ton of overtaking, mm-hmm. a ton of drama. And it was an action-packed race from the beginning to end. Yeah, really fun race to watch. I definitely agree with you there. I went a little bit different of a direction. I went for just Bahrain, the first race of the season. and I think, Great choice. I, I think this stands out to me because it highlighted the new Jenna cars incredibly well. I think the following that we got to watch, the overtaking that we got to see, really just showed what these new gen of cars were, were capable of yeah. uh, and how close they were able to follow. And, you know, that dirty air kind of was left in last year, obviously, yeah. you know technically speaking, continued in, but the degree was was much more fun to watch. Uh, reliability we got to see was going to be a huge, you know, had huge implications yeah. throughout the rest of the season. The returning champion uh, on the back foot and going to have to fight his way through throughout the season. Saw a mixed up order. We had, you know, Magnuson and Bottas putting it up in the uh, upper ranks of, of the top 10. So really just a great race and, and one of the best ones of the season, in my opinion. I agree. I think for sure, the most underrated race of the season, I think, yeah, one of the best ones where just really highlighted the cars. The Leclerc for staff and battle the entire race was awesome. Yeah. Just a great way to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have the best race weekend of the season. So yep. for this, I went with Brazil. Multiple reasons. The race at Brazil was always great. It was another great race this year. You had, you know, the Mercedes 1-2, George winning his first race. It's always great racing. They're great overtaking. Then you had a sprint race that weekend too, which always helps, I think, add more to the weekend. Yeah. Gives a little bit more meaning to Saturday and Friday. And then in terms of qualifying, you had the craziest qualifying probably of the season where Magnuson put it on pole. Yeah. So I think overall, just an unbelievable weekend. Yeah, I, I really agree with you there. Uh, I decided to go a slightly different route. When I look at you know a race weekend, I, I want to take into account the entire you know spectacle of Formula One. And I think... Yeah. Austin showcased that really well this year. Which was uh, shocking, I think, to both of us. That I think this, the racing was the shocking. The racing shocking, yeah. yeah. Off the track, I think a great race. There was a lot of storylines going on. You know, we had Ricardo show up to his last, last for now race yes. uh, in horse America. Horse horse. Yep. I think we had some rumors about the cost cap being violated last year. That was starting to, yeah. to pick up there as well. Really great racing. I think, you know, we had a lot of fun with strategy in that race and watching Vettel fight back as well was really fun. And then, you know, the amount of fans, the, the fan passion was really there that weekend and I think that really came through you know even watching it on TV so I think a really fun weekend there and and you know my best weekend of the season I'd say it's a great choice I think that the race itself really brought that weekend up in general because we already knew that outside was going to be a spectacle yeah you know the most fans ran race this season I think it's going to continue to be that way but mm-hmm. the racing itself was shocking how good it was this year yeah and I'd say you know exceeded expectations as well I think last year we didn't really have a great race you know it wasn't yeah a, it wasn't super fun but this year was awesome I think yeah you know we got to see I think it was Charles putting on the switch back on, on yeah. George and 
some really good battles throughout that entire race. Yeah. Uh, so next award is best overtake. I'm going to let you go first because there's one clear overtake this year that is far above the rest. Yeah, and you mentioned it already with your yeah. uh, pick for the best race this season. But through goes Hamilton, overtaking the lead from third to first, I think absolutely undeniably the best singular overtaking moment of the season. Oh, I mean, uh, the commentary with it. And I think, too, if you watch it, for people that, if you really watch, like, you can see him building up that move yeah. several corners back, like, yeah. several corners before. You can see him anticipating that move. Yeah. And then just, I mean, it was just an electric factory. The camera work was great during everything that went into that overtake and how it was presented was flawless. Yeah, the passion in the presentation of yes. that overtake. And I think that's going to be a really good one on Drive to Survive. Yes. With the British crowd there, too, you can hear the crowd, like, go crazy. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. So once you took that, that I, I, there's two things that come to mind for me. One is kind of a more unique one is I think the signs on Perez in France when they're trying to box him okay, and he's in the middle of the move yeah, and he makes the move stick and it was a great move. And then I think the, the other one you can do is just a series of moves in general. It's just like we talked about earlier, they're back and forth between Leclerc and Verstappen in Bahrain. I would, I would throw a third to you and Perez yeah. on Hamilton, the switch back of last year. Hamilton yes. on Perez. I think the Perez and Hamilton, yeah, I agree. That's another great one in there too. But I think the three goes Hamilton one is a far and away the best food of the season, just everything around it and the way you presented it was unbelievable. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Next is the best qualifying of the season. I think, I don't know if this is unanimous, but I think it's hard not to be Kevin Magnuson. Yes. Putting it up on pole, just a great weekend I agree. in Brazil. And, I agree. You know, an un- unbelievable performance from him and a great strategy from the team as well. Yeah, I agree. I had, I just to put something different, I put Canada as well. I think was probably second up there in terms of you had Alonso putting it second. Yeah. A little bit of chaos because of the rain and, yeah. More of a shifted order, but yeah, the the Brazil qualifying with Magnuson and Pole, nothing that was unbelievable. Yeah, agreed. The next one we'll move into is uh, kind of the craziest crash of the season, one of the most you know yeah, chaos. He, and Tyler, Tyler has worded his best crash, which is a little harsh, but <laughs> we put the parentheses around best here. You know, we're, we're mine. Mine has no parentheses for those at home, but we're being respectful. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I went for Joe Guan Yu in Great Britain. You know, he got kind of speared by yeah. George Russell after pinching. Uh, I think it was Gasly and then, and then you know, flipping Joe into the barriers, over the barriers and into the the uh, fence netting there and just crazy scenes for that one. I think, you know, an, an underrated moment from that crash as well is George Russell stopping the car, getting out of the car in a car that could have completed the race uh, yeah. and going to check on him. and, and yeah, Because he eliminated himself from the race by getting out of the car. Yeah, it, just a really great show of yes. sportsmanship after a really unfortunate incident. But uh, I would put that up there as the most chaotic incident of the season i would agree with that so for mine i i think kind of runner up and that could be the alonso going airborne at austin yeah from stroll yeah that was insane the speed he was going at it was like lifted up like an airplane basically mm-hmm. and i think the craziest part of that is how much damage he had how hard he hit the ground and then he still finished the race that was yeah and you know the drama that followed that as well so yeah uh, i think that was a, a really interesting incident to follow yeah for sure um so next up we have best strategy of the season uh, so for this one, I went with Red Bull in Mexico. Yeah. They went with the one stop from medium to soft, which was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. After not running After it. not running it at all, and like, or soft to medium, I guess it was, after not running the medium, so, and then the Mercs went uh, hard to medium. Mm-hmm. And so I think they, them pulling that move off, I think everyone thought it was going to be a two race, or a two stop race, and I thought, all right, Merck, Merck might get this then because they're clearly going one stop here at the hards. Yeah. They could get this. Red Bull just extended the stint so long, mm-hmm. kind of using Danny Rick as like a model of like, here's how long they can go. And just an unbelievable strategy that got them 
Max to win in that race. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun race. I think that's where Mercedes really started to to shine through and kind, yeah. of, kind of a race that we halfway expected to be Mercedes' first win. Yeah. Here I went a little bit different. Uh, I think, you know, Leclerc's strategy at Abu Dhabi to wrap up second place there. Can't say best strategy too often with Ferrari in the same sentence this season, but yeah. I think they pulled it off well and he was able to, to go long and, and keep it ahead of Perez for second in the championship. Yeah, for sure. And then we have best driver lineup of the season so for this one i just went purely on who i think the best two drive like the best combination drivers are and i think it's mercedes yeah um i think there's multiple ways you could look at this but i think you're going to go in a different direction in terms of best driver lineup but just in terms of talent i think you'd probably agree that the mercedes lineup overall is probably the most talented yeah i definitely um i think just and we'll get into our next one just a great addition of adding george russell and i think just a great they're, they just have the most talented driver lineup, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think I'd agree with you in terms of talent there. I took this a little bit different of a direction, went with Alfa Romeo here. I think they have the most harmonious pairing. The, For sure. And, and arguably, you know, the best externally viewed and and Oh, it's all positive. Exactly. I don't remember a single negative or a gripe or drama or anything happening this year with that team. Other than their car just not working for after races, but yeah, that, the driver lineup itself and the team chemistry and everything was great the whole year. I think they definitely brought the best out in each other. Yeah. Uh, throughout the entire season, and and it's great to see both of them just having fun and really enjoying it. Uh, the next one here, we went for best change in driver lineup for this season. So you know, coming into this season, what was the best decision in the driver market? I went for K Mag for Mazepin here. Yeah. I think that's hard to deny that uh, Mazepin was you know the Massey performer of the year last year and yeah and Magnuson came in through it fifth place in the first race of the season brought home some really good points and and started off a really good season in comparison to last year for Haas yeah uh so I went with George Russell uh at Mercedes here they took a big step up I think in terms of talent I love Bottas and I think he did a great job and everything and I I always will say I think in terms of teammate uh, statistically the most successful teammate duo ever yeah five constructor championships in a row you know, many times Bottas did finish. I think three of the times he finished in P two in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, so great. I mean, he was awesome at Mercedes and did a great job. But they took another step up, step up with getting George this year, to where now they have two drivers who are basically on the same level, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then that's I think going to set them up for success long term. And I think, and just Merck getting that they're kind of young guy now with Lewis getting older. I think was a smart move. Yeah, I definitely agree. Next, let's jump into the uh, best new segment of the year, and I yes. think that's going to be. The uh, Massey performance of the year. Yeah, so the Massey performance of the of the year, of the entire season for Driver, you guys are probably going to be a guess the Driver and the team, but for Driver, it's going to go to Nicholas Latifi. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many awards he times he won this award. It's probably, I think we did about 13 or so races this year. Recaps on, I bet, I think he probably won 10 of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the most successful Massey performer of all time Um He's, it's the awards in consideration to potentially, you know, have Latifi feature in the name of it just because he's been so dominant, you know, a statue in front of the Surviving to Drive. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, yeah. Like, it's an unbelievable run from him. Definitely. So Latifi gets that for driver. For Master Performance of the Year, for team, it's going to go to Ferrari. Yep. No one, I mean, uh, the best car for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So many bungled opportunities. Just disaster in Monaco for Eclair's home race. Disaster in so many other moments. Ask, coming on and asking the driver's question and ending it with question like... Nearly losing second place in the championship. Nearly losing second car. place in the championship with the best car to a team that was just trying to like fight back and just get back to stand. Like just yeah. an unbelievable disappointing from season from Ferrari. So they're our team winner for Master Performance of the Year. So now we're going to go into continuing the Massey run here. 
We're going to go into Massey Driver for a single race. So the most elite Massey performance for a single race. Yeah. And so for this one, I went with Stroll in USA. Mm-hmm. I think just a disaster all around. The incident with Alonso was just so bad. Like it was so his fault. Like just no need for it to happen. Yeah. Just an elite Massey performance from him. Yeah, definitely. I went with Sonoda in Canada here, having kind of an abysmal weekend already. Yeah. And- and coming out of the pits as it's wet a little bit and putting it directly in oh, the Oh, yeah. Wall. That was very tough. Uh, I think that is definitely up there for a single performance Massey yeah. of the week. Next, we have Massey for a single race for the team of the year. I have Alpine in Singapore. Although, you know, they got the momentum. Let's close out the – let's get a good race here, get some good points, and kind of keep that gap steady between McLaren. No, double DNF. McLaren finished 4-5 in the race. Yeah. It's like a 30-something point swing. And they're back because of like the points lost basically from Alpine. So it ends up being like a 30 point swing. Yeah. And McLaren retakes the lead from P4 in the construction at that point. So all time disaster weekend from Alpine. Both of them had engine issues. Just hilarious weekend. Yep. And I, I got to go for Ferrari again here, this time at Monaco. I, yeah. I think this was kind of the crux of their season yes. in, in regards to this is a turning strategy. Point. Uh, they accidentally brought Charles in to, to double stack. Uh, pitting behind signs and dropping him down to fourth after you know yeah nearly being in the lead of the race and just a really tough weekend from them I think that's when people started to really have questions about their strategy that's where I think Charles lost hope in the championship after after a, a really tough race there but I think Ferrari at Monaco has to take that one for me I agree that was a it was an all-time bottle drop an mm-hmm. all-time choke all right so the next award we have on here is best off-track event um, so for this, I went with Red Bull cheating. Yeah. Um, so you guys know our thoughts on this. We did a whole episode on this on YouTube. If you haven't seen, go check it out. And we've talked about it many times in the pod. This brought so many memes, so many jokes. I would, I mean, just to name a few, you have, you know, just overspending on sandwiches. The t- comment from Toto that we know how much to spend on sandwiches. People calling Max for staff at Max cost capping, Max for snacking. Like there's just so many things. So many good memes of like, there's one of like the, a nice like breakfast being put together, and then it's like the Red Bull breakfast and the Alpha Tori breakfast is like the leftover scraps like yeah. from that. Just an unbelievable series of events that unfolded with that. And then I think to, the cherry on top was then the news came out that they were also going to be over this year. Yeah. But then when when they got penalized, they were like, oh, we got to stop. So they had to stop spending this year. Probably but you be. and I called mm-hmm. right away they were going to cheat again this year. So they didn't technically cheat, we think, but they. Yeah. It just, TBD. TBD, but just brought so many memes, so many great off-the-track things. Really just put them in a blender, and it just just all time. I mean, clearly, I think, the most drama-filled off-the-track yeah. piece of the season. A really good storyline lasted, you know, the majority of the season. Yeah. And, and something that affected the championship-winning car, the championship-winning driver, something yeah. that was, you know, at the very pinnacle of the sport. So, a uh, really interesting storyline, and, and I'd agree, one of the best off-track events i had to go here with the new generation of cars undeniably one of the best things the sport's done yes Uh, i think it's brought the pack a lot closer you know in conjunction with the cost cap i think the sport's moving toward a direction where it's going to be a lot more competitive a lot more fun to watch uh and as a fan that that makes us very very happy so yeah uh, i think that has to be my best off-track moment next we'll go into the funniest moment of the season uh, I had to go here with Hamilton's post on uh, his social media in response to Alonzo's comments about Max's title being worth more than all of yes. Hamilton's. And I think that was just a beautiful, beautiful representation yes. of 
maybe Lewis's restraint and Alonzo's just way out of left field. Oh, he just made comment. no sense. I mean, maybe if someone had three titles and Max had two, like you could maybe make an argument, but like he has seven titles and then him posting the picture of him at the top of the podium with his hand on Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Alonzo, like I've said a million times, it's just still so salty about that season where a rookie outperformed him after he was a back-to-back world champion. Yep. That he's never going to let that go. I That's a great... I agree with you. That's a great, funny moment of the season. I have going along with that. I just I just wrote down Trollonzo. So I just wrote in general, funny moment of the general. season. So I included in that, obviously, the Hamilton thing like you talked about. We had the finger wag at Sonoda. Mm-hmm. We had him giving the finger to Hamilton at Spa as Hamilton was just walking back to his back. Yep. Um, and just in general, his mo- you know, we have him saying that he lost out. I forgot the number we got up to. In, in the hundreds, like in the 150 points or something he lost out on this year. He would have ran away with the He would have ran away with the championship. You know, he's just his comments about uh, about Ocon and how it's, or his car, about how it's only his car that's breaking. Yeah. Uh, and then running into the back of Ocon at Brazil. I think just everything around the drama around him, it was just it was just big old man vibes. Like he's just on a different the, like, d- the denial that he showed in, in oh so no many one was regards. yeah no one denied them like it was never his fault or his problem or his uh-huh. issue it was always somebody else's fault. So and and just in general his trolley attributes right. So you know the Alonso train that started yep. with Monaco and then we saw it develop a lot through the course of the season where he would be that kind of back marker there, or that marker there like everyone gets stuck behind yeah or him having some goofy qualifying where he put it in p3 <laughs> yeah. and then mess up our great start start of the race and then just fall back through the order to p9 so yep. yeah i just had trollons in general and then i had honorable mention i have i have danny rick i think you could also say in general but at, at the u.s specifically with the horse and just everything that went into that and then yeah. i think him obviously some tough off the track moments but he always found a way at some point to make a joke or make a laugh so i think that's yeah definitely yeah definitely good on him for doing that i have a quick honorable mention as well off track when mazapin posted his uh, what was it five points of advice for ricardo latifi vettel and mick all who are leaving the sport after this year you know just hilarious for somebody who was forced out of the sport to think that they have the ability to lift up yeah you know, or that any of those guys are going to listen to him. a four-time world champion you know some of these guys that have have proved themselves in the sport are not going to be taking advice from, from somebody who was kicked out of the sport and probably was so bad and once like was historically like arguably the worst one of the worst formula one drivers ever yeah was literally known for being bad yeah at Mazda spin and and you know his advice too was hilarious i think some of it was about you know your first stage is going to be grief you know and you're going to go through the five stages of grief and then yeah you're going to be angry because you don't think anybody understands you and it's you know he just goes on this long elaborate thing trying to be really emotional uh and it's it's just kind of embarrassing on his point i don't but really think, funny. yeah i don't think any of them even probably read whatever it was I no guess. yeah i'd be surprised if they did uh i think you know next let's go ahead into best team principal and a topic that i'm sure next year is going to have a lot more yeah. uh, conversation around but this year it was somewhat stagnant uh i went for kind of a, a dual-headed answer here i think in terms of performance total wolf uh, i agree with that for, that would be my vote as well for, for pulling the team kind of out of the weeds yeah. from the beginning of the season uh, especially after the last year and, and really being able to utilize the talent that they have uh and then secondly steiner for being just a hilarious personality oh, yeah. uh one of the best team principals to to just be entertained by yeah yeah, I agree with you on total for perform. I agree with both those, but I agree with the total performance one. 
at this, I mean, statistically, I think he is, but you can't argue that he's he's got to be the greatest team principal of all time. Like yeah. it's just most decorated, the most decorated for sure. I just think everything, the aura that surrounds him is he needs to be in the sport. Like there's, he just has a certain aura mm-hmm. that, um, that is like pulls people in and it's like interesting. I don't know, yeah. but um, I I went with Mike Crack <laughs> just because his name is Mike Crack. I mean, what an all time. You have Formula One here, the pinnacle of motor racing, right? This high-class European sport. A lot of them have, you know, Italian names, just foreign names in general, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got good old Mike Crack for Aston Martin. I just think it's so hilarious. I think that entire team is just funny in general because I, in Mike Crack's position, he has to deal with Lawrence Stroll. And then, like, the ultimate villain, the ultimate villain. And then, like, you had Vettel's last season, and then you have Lance Stroll being Lance Stroll. And now you're bringing Alonzo in. And, like, that team was just so all over the place, it felt like all season. But I also just think it's hilarious that leading the way for that team at the pinnacle of a sport, you have a guy who's leading a team whose name is Mike Crack. I just think it's so funny. Imagine Trelonzo coming in next year, and instead of having to make all these comments about Hamilton or something yeah. and, and about Ocon, he's got to come in and talk about Mike Crack. Mike Crack, in, yeah. In just out of the left field, the comments that he's going to make yeah. and having to mix, put that into the mix, yeah. it's going to be great for I mean, it's yeah, just so funny. So I just had to go with him. Just uh, apologies to him. I, I don't know what his parents were thinking. You cannot name your kid Mike. I, or I'm sure it's Michael Crack, but like, you can't do that to your kid. Come on. Change, something's got to change there. All right, so we have next up on the list. So now we start getting into some more interesting awards here. So next up on the list, best noise that Tyler made to start a podcast episode. Yeah, this is one that I think everybody's going to have to go back and listen to yes. to some of the the uh, examples of, of intro noises. You know, all stock, very much yes. pulled from uh, some top-notch uh noise bank somewhere <laughs> yeah within his own head his own noise bank that is um, that is where it's so located. for this one i went with brazil uh and the reason why is if you guys don't remember or didn't listen to brazil go ahead and listen to the beginning of that one he just makes the most ridiculous random noises ever and just goes on and on and on and that's pretty much it it's just it's just like i don't even it's just like a cluttered mess of noises it really isn't a car or anything it's just whatever it's, he just made noises to start the episode and we got into it hey it woke everybody up yes got y'all entertained and uh hooked there i went with france bringing a little bit of culture into it and uh really utilizing the, the uh we right it was a we the we yeah france was good too i think uh monza was good with the saying yellow because far as wearing yellow yeah, saying giallo. i think what did we do for one of them? We did a tractor. Which one was that? Remember uh, where it might have been Austin. I think it might have been Austin. Yeah, where we did. I just put up a tractor noise yeah. on YouTube. Oh no, that was for Japan. Japan, yes, because yeah. of the tractor incident. He had some great ones this year. So let us know what you guys' favorite noise was because that one of the highlights of the year for me was starting with a different noise pretty much every time. Yep. Yeah, let's go ahead and move into the next one. We have best rivalry of the season here. And, you know, I personally have a, an entire podium. Well, we'll start with your fourth place here. Yeah, okay. So, okay, I'll just do them in order of this. So for fourth place for me, for best rivalry of the season, I have any time Carlos Sainz is on pole or near the top in general. Yep. No one was a worse starter, not the whole season, but when they were up front on pole or like whatever. And he did end up winning the race. He was on pole, but the start he got was horrific the first start. Yep. So no one, just a great rivalry all season was, I remember texting my brother always during it. Anytime he was like top 
one, two, three. Mm-hmm. He was either not making any positions falling forward back. or falling back in the order. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll have to go with Gasly in the FIA. Great I one. Think, I think Gasly was taking some mad heat from the FIA. Yes, they he's hated to, him. He's up to 12 points on his – or 10, 10 points on 10, his 10, license. 12 is the brace ban, yeah. Yep, nearly at the race ban. You know, they really fleeced him at the end there. I think he, he was, was trying to purposely get one. He uh, very nearly yes. cracked that 12 yeah. for the race ban. And they said to an infraction that they have historically this entire season given to yeah. every driver that's... They didn't, because that they knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't want to give it to him. So they, yeah. they let him ride, let him off the hook, and yeah. uh, they're probably going to end up biting him next season. Yes. But a really fun rivalry that started this year. Yeah, for sure. So for my third place finishers so on the podium here, I have Lando and his tonsils. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a great rivalry. Uh, really, it's a single bout. Just a great matchup in Spain. I don't really know who won because Lando did get P eight in that race, which is pretty impressive considering he had tonsillitis. Yeah. Just a great ride. Lando, you'll see a common theme here. Lando and his health was a great rivalry all season. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the drivers and their health, to be honest. Yeah. Especially with uh, some of the porpoising and and the really yes. tough conditions this year in the car, but. I definitely agree there. I think my next one is going to have to go to Alonzo versus Team Mechanics. I think this was a tough one all season long. We heard Alonzo having a lot of heat for his Team Mechanics about how many points he would have gotten if his car would have just stayed together. But uh, a big fight between them two, and in the end, they're they're parting ways anyway. So yes, a, a rivalry that will continue on. Uh, so for my second place finisher, continuing with Lando, I have Lando and Brazilian food. Yep. Um, so. Everyone, if you didn't watch Brazil race, Lando was was fighting for his life. He was battling demons. Yeah. He was in an all-out war. Um, you know, you wouldn't something I wouldn't wish my worst enemy. Yeah, and he he was going through it and having a race forty one car. Mm-hmm. So a great week. I think he ended up having a, a solid weekend. He ended up you know qualifying and everything. The, the car ended up losing its engine in the race and he DNF. But he was on for points and you know had a good weekend. And but yeah, just a tough. A tough battle. He had the tonsillitis earlier, and now you know he's going to war with himself on the porcelain. So yep. that's just always a tough, always a tough battle. The Brazilian food did not obviously sit well with him. Did not sit at all. Uh, for my first place here, I'm going to have to go with Red Bull versus Accounting. That's uh, the to me the top choice, the winner. It's got to be, and I think a, a storyline that we got to see for a good majority of the season. And you know, the battle didn't end last year; it continued on this year. And I think it'll and, continue next year. And so. I, I'm sure it will. They'll be coming up to that budget cap and uh, having fears mm-hmm. flashbacks. I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, Red Bull versus Accounting takes the cake for me. Yeah, I mean, it's something they need to work on. You'd hate to see it happen again. Maybe adding two, one, maybe two positions to their accounting department could be a smart move. Could be. Um, just you know, some bringing in someone that's got great you know public experience and has that kind of background or whatever. But just something to throw out there to them. Uh, someone, to, someone that's used to working in a big ivory to, tower. Yeah, big ivory tower. Even you know, as some would say, right? Like that's you know, someone that's already been on a pedestal themselves. Yeah. Based on the based on what they're working on. Yeah, it's just, uh-huh. just something to consider. With no kids as well. well yeah, no kids with flexibility. Like every, you know, a regular to remote work. You know, maybe maybe the two guys have a podcast as well. Just something. Just something so, to, familiar with the sport. Familiar with the sport. So just something to think about. Yeah. For my first place one, I had Latifi and qualifying anywhere above P20. Understandable. Uh, just a great rivalry all season. I don't know what the final count was, but unless someone crashed out in qualifying, he was qualifying P20. Mm-hmm. Usually just seconds behind everybody, just 
so funny. Just a great rivalry. Just I that was always one of the one things I looked forward to is like could he maybe slip in sixteenth or seventeenth this week? But I think almost always P twenty. I feel like Latifi had really a lot of rivalries. You know, rivalry against points, rivalry against, against uh, staying on track, blue flags. Like that. Uh, not spinning. Not spinning. You know, certain items like that. Yes. Not able to stay away from. Yeah. All right, so then we have worst start of the season. So this is a dual winner for me, actually. So congrats to our, my first dual, one of my first dual winners here. For rivalry of the season, I had anytime Carlos is on pole. And worst start of the season, I just had anytime Carlos is on pole. Understandable, though. I think a very understandable <laughs> answer there. Uh, for this one, I went with Alonso in Austria. Uh, I don't know if you know you guys remember watching back that race when we're Looking at the starting grid, they're ready to go for their formation lap, and Alonso and his Alpine are still up on the jacks with the tire blankets on. And I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, oh, they forgot to take the tire blankets off, and now he's, you know, yeah. going to have the worst start of the season. Nope, he had a little bit of an issue, ended up having to start from pit lane, uh, maybe from his uh, his garage. Really tough tough start for him, but fell back, as you can imagine, all the way to the That was all-time funny. Yeah. I'm seeing the starting grid of their formation lap and his tire blankets are on. Still. Another extension of Alonzo versus team mechanics. Yes, exactly. Next up, we have worst incident, which I don't have anything written for. What do you have for worst incident? Yeah, so this one I was thinking about, and I think worst incident Charles in France. Uh, I think this is where that's he kind of that's a good choice. Threw away uh, so many points. You know, he was in the lead when he crashed that race, and I think uh, this is where his really his drive to push for that P1 in the championship really caught up to him, and you know, just made a mistake, really poor mistake, all out by by his lonesome, put it right in the barriers. So that had to go up there for the worst incident of the season. Uh, what do you what do you? Thinking? I I agree. I think that's one of them up there. I think you could take this a lot of ways in mm-hmm. terms of like crash was what was the worst crash this season? Well, probably Great Britain. But yeah. like for me, I think I think the worst incident of the season for me would have to be the Monaco one. Yeah, I think him getting called into the pit lane, turning, seeing Carlos there, and then just losing it and realizing that like his race win in Monaco is gone now. Yeah, is so tough for Ferrari. And then trying to call him back out. And it's not like we've seen in the past. There's a clip that comes to mind of I I forget. I think it might have been Lewis in like Germany or something where he's like Bono's like out 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 in and in like back mm-hmm. and forth. But there was like the glass line you could go over. Yeah, Monaco. Once you turn in, they're like you're not getting out nope. of the pit lane without coming out the other side. So I would go with that as my worst incident of the season. Yeah, and really Monaco had quite a few accidents. Yeah. I mean you know we had uh, oh the the Mick one where the his, Mick was his they had the wheelbarrow right by the, the car. Pool. <laughs> yeah, a really tough one uh, there. And then you know yeah. obviously. Uh, we saw Perez put it in the wall, about to go into the tunnel there. So yeah. uh, quite a few there, but uh, those are our answers. Next, we go into the best radio message of the season. Uh, you got any thoughts for this one? Yeah, so I, for me, I think the my favorite radio message of the season is just um, the, uh, what was it, Emma, yeah. where Lando saying happy birthday. To Will's mom. To Will's mom after getting a podium. That was just so funny to me. I think the entire radio message after he crosses the line, he did like the ay 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 like that thing, uh-huh. and then he sings the happy birthday to her all the way around the track. Yep. Just a fun moment for you know being a Lando fan and stuff. The podium that no one expected. Dedicated the podium. Dedicated the podium mom. to Will's mum. Just so, <laughs> uh, just so I think it was just a hilarious moment. And he's had a couple of great like singing moments on mm-hmm. the track throughout the years, but that was an all-timer for sure. Yeah, it's always fun to hear him express his joy, and that was a pretty funny one. I had to go back and listen to a few of them, and to be honest, the most reaction that I had from one was was Sergio Perez, who's my favorite uh, driver. Yeah. But he, he, you know, 
a semi-serious guy. Yeah. You know, he's a father and, and doesn't joke around too much, but likes to have fun. He went and sneezed three times in a row, and, and he goes back on the radio. Didn't realize he was on the radio, so when he yeah. got a bless you from his engineer, he said, uh, a bit of allergy around this place. Yes. Uh, just an all-time funny the, moment from him. The etchus were so clean, too. They were, like, they cartoonish were, almost. Oh, how like he had it down. Perfect sneeze. Because, like, I, I don't know. Like, everybody sneezed different. Like, when I sneezed, like, it, it would have been... They would have gone deaf. It's like it would have been a mess. And he just had a clean how can shoes. You, how can you keep your eyes straight driving a yeah. car, you know, two hundred miles an hour, just sneezing like that? Yes. Casually. So uh that one's gotta take the best radio message of the season. Now we'll flip it, we'll go to the worst radio message of the season, and mine has to be literally every time that Ferrari got on the <laughs> thing and said Ended with question. question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all time funny to me because they at this point. They were playing into their own meme. Like yeah. they're like, they don't even know what they're doing themselves. They're like, well, maybe the driver will tell us like what to and, do. Like, and to be fair, the question. drivers had good ideas. Yeah, they did have good ideas. That's that's a good good moment there. Um, for me, I'll go with just in general a lot of Trollanzo's messages. Mm-hmm. But I think the peak one was after Brazil when he just ran right in the back of Ocon and then said, "It's he's been doing this to me all year. This is how it's been all year. Mm-hmm. Never giving me the space, even though he ran into him." Yep. Uh, was just all-time ironic. Just a nice way for him to end his trolley season was yeah. running into the back and just basically, you know, ruining. Ended up ruining. In classic Alonzo fashion, they both got damaged. It just ruined Ocon's race only, and then yeah. Alonzo still was able to make up places. Yep, so classic. So just an all-time radio message. I'll throw a quick honorable mention in here and, and say the Max Verstappen team lack of oh, radio yes. message. I didn't even think about in that. In Brazil, after he did not give Perez the, the last finishing spot. That was spot. tough. That one was uh, tough. Really tough to listen to there. More on a serious note, that might be the worst one. Yes. Uh, pretty tough look for Max there. So next we have best mammal entrance to a race. Um, so I went with Daniel Ricardo riding in on a horse. I don't – did anyone else ride in on a mammal to any races this year? Uh, I mean, well – Or is that a unanimous winner? Certainly none better than uh, I don't think Ricardo any, on the horse. Better, yeah, on Horsey McHorse. Um, so that's going to be a unanimous winner for us here. I, I had the next one of uh, a best kiss in front of oh, Tom yeah, Cruise Award. Have, yeah, this is where we have our own unique awards we decided to give. So the best kiss in front of Tom Cruise Award has to go to – out of all the choices, I had to think long and hard. Sergio Perez and <laughs> – Lewis Hamilton's dad in Great Britain. Yes. Just a beautiful moment. That was probably my favorite, too, out of all the Tom Cruise kisses this year. And Tom Cruise had a great view for that one. Yes. Yeah, I, That's a great one. Um, my next word I had, most likely to order Fiji instead of tap water at dinner. Mm-hmm. I went with Red Bull for that one. Understandable. Understandable. I went with, uh, for my next award, the best probable race treat, cheater on the grid, uh, Max Verstappen. You know, you can't I, have that many odds points are high. without doing something questionable. Odds are high. We could, there could be... I think this, and I just thought of this right now, but this reminded me of something. This has like big college football scandal kind of written all about yeah, over it. Could it. Be. Like I'm, I've always been in the opinion, and I don't. This is totally off the rails of Formula One. In ten years, Clemson is gonna. It's gonna come out that Clemson cheated somehow because they got so good so fast. Mm-hmm. This couple of years. In ten years, it might come out that Max Verstappen was just a rampant cheater. Yep. And maybe that's just me and you being hopeful because we don't like him, but. I that's a great great pick for the award. I would think a big runaway front runner for that would be Max Verstappen. Best probable. Yep, yeah. That's um, for sure. So here next we have we both have this. This is an honor, Tyler. The slipperiest car on the grid. Yeah. And that's going to go to Williams. Uh, and there's two reasons. One, Tyler used that term a lot this year. But in general, F1 TV and the general media 
like to say that they had a very slippery car this year. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, a unanimous decision. I they, for some reason, in the eyes of them, the only positive they get about Williams is like, well, it's kind of fast in the straights. Like, let's just say it's the most slippery on the street. Yeah, and and it was to yes. be fair, you know. Yeah, stayed up there, as Latifi would say about DeVries. Once it's yes. up there, it's able to stay up there. Yeah. Uh, the next one I got to go for with most awkward dad in the cool down room moment. Uh, it's going to have to go to Helmut Marco. Oh, know? yes. This Just one was the weirdest tough. moment of him standing around, looking around, looking at Max, you know, just yes. kind of trying to own the cool down yeah. room without being invited. Uh, big dad moment. Yes. Big dad for moment. For those right of you that didn't see this, look it up on YouTube. Helmet, they usually do a cool down room, for those who don't know, after the race, and you can see it. I don't know if they showed it on ESPN, but I know they showed it on F1 TV, obviously. Yeah. And it's the three people on the podium, and it's just them mic'd up talking. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing else. Helmut Marco wanders in there, and it had similar vibes to, like, Are You Lost, Old Man? Yeah. He just stands in the middle of all three of them, doesn't say anything, looking as evil as ever, because that's how Helmut Marco always looks. But Classic, yeah. Just an all-time moment. So I have worst flag wave of the year, and I'm going to give that to Tim Cook. Oh, For the wave. most nonchalant flag wave of all time. At the United States Grand Prix, right? Yeah. This should be fireworks, explosions, like as big of a deal as possible. Yeah. We should be waving 100 flags at the mm-hmm. finish, not just one. They picked Tim Cook, and he waved it like a robot. A lot of stuff on Twitter, and we kind of talked about it too. He was not at that race for enjoyment. That was a meeting on his calendar. Yes. Was, it yes. was slotted from, I think the race started at what, 3 p.m.? It was from... 4.55 to 5, he yeah. was slotted in as wave checkered flag at Formula 1 race. He looked like he was more worried about maybe his toupee flying off as, yes. the, as the winner crossed the finish line than he was about actually getting a fluid motion with yes. the flag there. Uh, the next one we got to go to here is the best Formula 1 driver team acquisition. Uh, you know, there's quite a few to choose from. We got Perez in E1. Yes. You know, we got Lewis Hamilton Extreme, over in Form, or yeah, Extreme, Extreme E. e yeah. But, you know, there's just got to be unanimous here. Nico Hulkenberg coming back to the grid, acquiring an e-scooter championship team. The Unbelievable. Future. The future. Can't wait to watch. I, I know they're going to have so much success because, you know, Nico on scooters is widely known about. Uh, so super excited for that that acquisition and, and uh, super excited to watch that series. Yeah, I mean, great. You know, you got your birds and your limes around here, and you got a lot of experienced drivers yeah. in in our area, at least, I know a lot of close personal friends that Certainly. are would be very experienced. Would be great on the e scooter circuit. Uh-huh. A couple of people come to mind right now, but that I think just a great series to watch and could be the future of racing. That and and you know Prez's boat E one team. Yeah, watch out Formula One. Yeah, watch out. This might we might get rid of this podcast and start an e scooter podcast. You never know. Um, so for my this is my last one I have on here, but if we think of any more, I'll, we'll see. I might think of some while we're talking about this, but I have worst addition to F one TV. All right. James Hitchcliffe. So I could talk, I could do a whole episode myself on James Hitchcliffe. Oh, we know. But um, I know you have a vote for this too. And there's one, you have a guy as well for this. But James Hitchcliffe, for those of you who don't have F1 TV, we've talked about this summer, but he joined for like the last, what, four or five races? He's a former like mid tier IndyCar driver. At best, I'd say. I don't think he ever won anything. He's an IndyCar driver. Exactly. You don't even know. I don't even know who he was. He's some IndyCar driver. No Formula 1 experience at all. Was not good enough to make it a Formula 1, whatever. And no experience covering the sport, nothing. Yeah. They brought him in for some reason in the booth, and it just made everything so awkward on the pre-show, the post-show, 
during the race, everything became so awkward and tense between him and Julian Palmer. Yeah. There was always, and then him and Sam Collins too, there was always just this like weird rivalry of like it was. debating things. He was very awkward. He would just repeat stuff that was very obvious or like everyone already knew. Mm-hmm. He would like try to over talk like Will Buxton in the commentary. I'm like, dude, you're a color analyst. Like you're supposed to provide insight, like not comment on the race too. That's Will's job. He's the commenter. Like, yeah, it's, Everything about it was awkward and annoying and frustrating. And every time he talked, I'm like, dude, just please, just they got to get him off the screen. Like, it's just so bad. All right. Well, we'll have to cut you off there. Let yeah. you simmer down a little bit. We'll go ahead and jump into the next one. And this is my last one as well. I'm going for the best save of the year uh, when drivers are, are driving along and they maybe lose the back end a little bit. And this one was the case for Zhou Guan Yu as he came out of the tunnel in Monaco. He was coming around the inside, going into that big chicane, lost the back end, and he went straight on, had to hit the brakes, got on his team radio, and said he needs a new pair of pants after that one. Really tough, but a really great save to just keep it out of the walls there. Yes, that's a, I couldn't agree more. That was an all-time radio message. Um, another award I just thought of right now, driver most likely to wave a finger at another driver while driving 200 miles per hour down a straight. Um, we're going to have two nominees for this. There's yep. going to be two people. So I think we can both talk about one. So I'll go ahead and talk about Alonso. Big middle finger wag at Sonoda and Austria while going down one of the straights. All-time funny. Uh, Sonoda, like, tried to cut it. basically like, go on the inside and, like, basically ran Alonso off the road. And then yeah. he gave him the finger. Just so funny. They're going so fast in those cars on the straight. There's so much going on, and he had the time to just do a nice little wag at him. Yeah, and in a similar fashion, we got Daniel Ricciardo going up against uh, Ocon, and he threw a finger gun up at him, you know, took him out with a finger gun, and then got him on the slipstream and the DRS and got past him. So, yeah, uh, another nominee and probably my, my winner there. That's that's a good winner. Um, another award, just, just in, just in from the awards committee, the FIA's favorite driver of the season award. Uh, it's going to be a unanimous winner, yep. Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. Uh, just an all-time season for him with the FIA, as we kind of touched on earlier. No one was under more heat all season. I felt like every time, every race, you saw his name popping up with under investigation or something. Yep. They just they had something out to get against Pierre Gasly. Another one we got is uh, most watches on the arm. Uh, that one's going to have to go to Lewis Hamilton. Yes. This year, after wearing uh, quite a bit of jewelry to get back at the FIA, I think he had four yes. watches on and one wrist. Yes. So, uh, it takes the cake with that one. Great reward. Another award we have on here, uh, which is a good one, I think, here because we have multiple British drivers. The most British driver of the year is going to go to George Russell. Definitely. Uh, we had a crikey once this year. We had a blimey. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of great calls. He's just a really British guy. He's just a really British guy. Just a yeah. hardcore British guy. I think that's the difference for me is from him. And Lando is, sounds British, but like he hasn't come off as British. Just standard British. Lewis is... Lewis is Lewis. Like, there's no one like him. Like, yep. he's... Just he, elite. He just elite. You don't think of him as, like, British, right? Like, yep. George Russell is his British... His look, his... How he dresses, he usually is rocking the skinniest pants ever with some dress mm-hmm. shirt, like no style, no fashion. He's just a British guy. Yep, yeah, certainly. Uh, next, we'll go to the Best Backside of the Year Award. Uh, this one's going to have to go to Valtteri Bottas. Great choice. Uh, great, you know, you get some great movement of water over it. You get, you know, whatever you can find, some some sauna action against right. it. It's, yep. You know, definitely takes a cake, literally is yep. cake. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Uh, next award we're going to go to is Podcast Guest of the Year Award. That's going to go to Tessa Ullman, being the only guest that we had on the podcast this yep. year. So great job to her. And then I think along with that podcast episode of the year, in terms of the numbers that I saw, 
the our most popular one was the hottest drivers episode congrats to Tess on that a double award winner mm-hmm. um and then i think thirdly with that award you go to the best best podcast guest statement on the podcast award oh boy and that's going to go to Tessa Ullman as well so a three-peat for her Racking cleaning up. up the awards for hitting a drum roll and then saying that one of her hottest drivers was Lance Stroll and that was an all-time moment for me the reaction that got out of me both of us I think I think in conjunction I'm going to have a separate winner actually yeah. I'm going to go for uh Yukon Sonoda Yukon Sonoda is a great comment yeah. from her as well. She had a, a, a just all-time great ones on there, right? Like it was so much. It was fun having her on for the episode. She did a great job, but and I think to maybe round out our awards today, yeah. we're gonna have to go with uh, best new American podcast hosted by uh, two great gentlemen, two Americans, uh, an American podcast for the American people and everyone around the world. A very prestigious award. Some would say the biggest award in the podcasting industry, in the entertainment industry. Uh, yeah, entertainment um, in general. I yeah. would say entertainment in general. Uh, a lot of great candidates this year. You really had to fight for this one. I think it's it's one of those awards that you really, if you do take it home, it's you, you're at the top of your game. You, you hang this one on your mantle. You hang this one sure. on your mantle for sure. And yeah. I think this is one of those awards that whoever wins this, you know, Formula One teams are reaching out to them for content. ESPN, F1 TV, they're all reaching out trying to get these whoever this whoever wins this this award mm-hmm. trying to get them highly sought after highly sought for people to be full-time content creation yeah for whatever it is you know whatever that may be and pay them well and pay them well too and offer them a lifetime contract yeah. and have them work 40 hours a week just to, on just location to create, on location race. yes yeah. at each race uh exclusive access to the paddock you know Definitely. the driver interviews stuff like that yep um, that all goes into this award that's all considered by the the committee and Mm-hmm. Everyone that's viewing it. Would you like to announce the winner of this year's award? The winner of this year's award is going to go to the Surviving to Drive podcast, hosted by yours truly, Alex and Tyler. Wow, what a what a great win for us! That's a big. This time. is going to be big. big this time. is great. Going to be great for our career long term here. I think. Couldn't agree more. I and I can already feel my phone vibrating in my pocket with. Yeah, I just know. I just got a LinkedIn message from Zach Brown. I yeah, I think Toto actually just emailed me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he asked me similar to last year in the last race. He asked if I got the email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I think you know a really good lineup of uh, of awards and some very deserving winners. Yes. Uh, especially with that last award, certainly. But uh, I think that will round out our award show today. Uh, we're really excited to uh, accept our our own accomplishment, own accomplishment award yes. this, this evening. Congrats and, to uh, all the winners tonight. Congrats yeah. to all the winners. A big night for everybody. Big time. And and congrats to the podcast listeners as well for us having a season recap, having an award show, and then we're also going to have a mid-season predictions results mm-hmm. kind of recap coming for you guys. We're going to have a 2023 predictions, yeah, a 2023 finishing order predictions episode, 2024 driver lineup episode. That's right. Not 2023. We already know that episode. Yeah, too easy. 2024. That's too easy. We like to make it hard on ourselves. Got to get out That's there. how we won this award this year was challenging ourselves, yeah. putting out great content all the time. You know, we hear you guys. We know you want more content, yes. so we're, we're excited to bring a lot yeah, we of hear all, to We hear our listeners all around the world, South Africa, Belgium, Singapore, you name it. Yeah. The United States. Texas, yeah. Texas. New York. New York. Oh, LA. We could, we could go on forever. We could go on forever just because we have so many listeners, so many listens, so many fans. And we really appreciate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> with that we're gonna wrap up the award show 
thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for the support. And a serious note, thank you for everyone for the support. I was just talking about to one of my friends about this the other day. We did actually, on a real note, we had over 700 listens for the first like half season of the show. We only yeah. had a half season F1, which is pretty impressive for a podcast starting with nothing. Yeah. We have over 700 followers across social media. Like it's been a good start to it. And like that's thanks to you guys as well. So hopefully you enjoy these episodes and enjoy the ones we have coming this off season. Yeah. Great support from you guys. We appreciate all that you guys do and we're excited to continue to bring content. We'll see Adios. you later.